You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, this is Evan, and you're listening to Damsels in Detroit on Podcast Detroit. Hey, you guys. So we're on episode three of Damsels in Detroit podcast, and I have my good sis, as I like to call her, Amber. (laughs) Um, So a lot of you guys know Amber on social, but for those of you that don't know, I'm just going to read you a quick little bio about her. (laughs) (laughs) So Amber M. Lewis embodies what it means to be social in the city. She's a digital media director by day, and by night, she's a brand ambassador, creative strategist, and an experience expert. Her lifestyle encompasses events, dining, fashion, beauty, and wellness that fuels her work ethic. Amber lives by the motto, she believes she can, so she does. Yes, I do. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for having me. As you can tell, she wrote that job. Yes, I did. No, I'm just A writer, a woman. (laughs) Um, So I'm happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. I was thinking before I got here, I was just like, oh, episode three. And she always says that's her favorite number. So look at that. Look at the Lord looking out. Yes, always, (laughs) all the time. So I want you to talk about your role within the city of Detroit. You're the director of social media, yes. digital and social media. I'm sorry. I know okay. better. Okay. Miss <laughs> digital and social so, media. <laughs> okay. So fun fact, you guys, um, Amber and I work together. Yes. So I literally see her every, every single day. day. Every day. It's great. <laughs> it is good. It's doing great. It's, it's great. great. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just talk about how you got that role in kind of your day to day. Okay. Um, so, of course, as you know, and as you went to, we mm-hmm. both went to Michigan State. Um, I studied advertising. Go white. Um, and I always wanted to work in, like, the social media space once I switched into advertising, like, creative direction, social media. But I thought I would be doing, like, the fashion part of that. So I wanted to work for a global luxury brand. And, you know, we both went to New York a lot in undergrad and yeah. did things with, like, Teen Vogue, Retail Connect, where we mm-hmm. had Burberry, Ralph Lauren, like, all of these other fashion okay. houses in the city. So that's the path that I was taking within advertising. Um But my last couple years of undergrad, I interned at Pure Michigan, and I just worked with talent enhancement and whose goal was to retain talent within the state. So I would go back to the city, which is, you know, where we're from, and see all of these opportunities happening and all of just what was going on. And then reading and hearing the national narrative of Detroit when it was a time of, like, ruined porn and abandonment, like, it didn't match what I saw. So, like, something inside of me was just, like, pulling at my heartstrings, like, you need to stay in the city Mm -hmm. um, and be an agent and changing the narrative so I was admitted to grad school in New York I was moving like I told my family we had planned the party right um and then at the last minute I was just like hey y'all uh <laughs> just I, you know, I don't really feel I just didn't feel right yeah moving so I moved back home that December after I graduated after my internship was done and I was working retail as a personal stylist at BCBG you know you, I too you too <laughs> Work that job. Me and Evan just be jiving, okay? We be working. Um, You know, and it wasn't, like, in the advertising industry. And I switched from pre-med already, and my parents were already, like, well, my mom Mm -hmm. was like, like, what you going to do in advertising? You're not going to get a job. So, like, that kind of fed that narrative um, for me. And I was applying to jobs at agencies. I would interview. They'd be like, you have the most social experience we've ever seen on a resume. But then they wouldn't hire me. So it was, Mm -hmm. like, it was this, like, couple months struggle of I'm applying to places like my dad is sending me leads my dad was like super um 
he was just like really looking for job opportunities for me as well. Anybody he met who did marketing or advertising or communication sales, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, my baby. You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um, one of the ladies from the agencies I interviewed at sent me a link to the Marcus Graham Project, whose goal is to get minorities into advertising and marketing roles. And they marketed it as fashion and entertainment. So like come spend a week working on a fashion entertainment and entertainment project. Whoop de whoop. I'm like, okay, like, like girl, you ain't hire me, but you know, thanks for sending me this. Right. And then I had saw it two more times uh, after she sent it to me, you know, three is my number. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me go ahead and just apply. So I applied, got accepted, took a week off work. We get there. They're like, your client is the city of Detroit. And I'm just like, that's not fashion or entertainment. Or entertainment. <laughs> this is more, you know, public sector, like government, kind of what I was doing at Pure Michigan. But I'm like, you know what? I already took a week off work. We're here. Right. So we were broken up into two teams. We came up with a social campaign. At the end of the week, we pitched to the agency, which at the time was Team Detroit, and Alexis, the chief of staff. And she always is just like, you got up there like, this doesn't make sense. This is what you need to do. Why aren't mm-hmm. you doing this? Of course, we had a whole presentation. So right. that's not what I said, but, <laughs> but it was along those lines. Yeah. And she was just like, I'm going to bring you in for an interview. And I was like, okay, girl. And I emailed her every week after that mm-hmm. to make sure like don't forget about me girl right and the one week i said you know what i'm not gonna interview email her she reached i had an interview but she was like trying to figure out the logistics because there was somebody doing social at the right. time um and the one week i didn't email her she called me like hey are you still in the market and i'm like yeah she's like okay i got an offer for you so it'll be three years next month yeah um and it's a crazy amazing job there's literally no limit to as you know the work that we do right um so one day we could be out in the field working on a photo or video shoot for a city department or a passion project um like the beauty block and we of course manage the facebook twitter instagram youtube Mm -hmm. spotify linkedin all of that uh, for the city and the mayor. So right. having to balance being a person as well as the voice of an entire city that encompasses many different types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, strategy is a big piece of that. So, of course, we have our strategies for press conferences right. and our overall strategies for the pages. Um, and then meetings, mm-hmm. you know, those things, those meetings, 830 a.m. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then you get to work with like a lot of cool people, right? Like you and Aaron oh, and Kenzie and hey, Sai, Jamila. Shout out <laughs> to the neighborhoods and the whole media services department. So yeah. it's really like just this space of creative energy coming together strategically to tell the stories of Detroiters and to get them necessary information. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to know that whenever you see the city on social, it's us. Yes. So, no us. No the girls. Okay. Yes. The city girls. <laughs> the city girls. <laughs> So how do you think your role with the city has helped to mold you professionally? Well, that's a good question. I think um, like being a a black girl from the west side of the city Mm -hmm. and being in this role has um, been able to provide validity to the to the voice of the city of Detroit. Um, But for me, it's like that's the front facing. But on the back end, like building it from scratch, you know, coming up with those processes, coming up with procedures, figuring things out um, has helped me professionally like fine-tune like what what works for me and what my work style is and then it's also of course we meet a lot of great people you know Mm -hmm. from a lot of our announcements so like some of our closest friends um and colleagues come from the workspace so professionally it's just like allowed me to kind of find my style um but also be confident to stand in that because it, it yields success 
Good answer. Yes. <laughs> you like to call yourself the woman of many wigs. Yes. And, you know, I can attest to that because you got on a different one Yes, today. I just put this wig on today. <laughs> Last week. So can you talk about what that means to you? Yeah. So a woman of many wigs. So you always hear people say, like, a woman of many hats mm-hmm. or a man of many hats. Um, for me, it's like being able to do many things, being multifaceted. But I also wear a lot of wigs. So it was just a play on words. Like I switch up my style um, and I do a lot of things. So it was just like that one was more personal for me. I don't really wear hats. So saying a woman of many hats didn't feel like me. Right. But you want to talk about the wig game. Okay, <laughs> I pull them out. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So as somebody that likes to dip her hands in pretty much just about everything. Mm-hmm. So outside of work, you do a lot of brand ambassador work. You do influencer yeah. work. You started to DJ, which we're going to yes. get into a little bit later. Yes. But how do you make sure that you're being your authentic self when you're being like pulled in so many different directions? Yeah. And I think that's one thing about being a creative um, because like your essence is to create. Um, so being my authentic self is always being Amber from the mile right Mm -hmm. and that's if we're in the office that's if I'm at a DJ set that's if um, I'm representing a brand because for me like being you is your superpower so like making sure you show up as who you are is is, it's just the only way that everything you do will work Mm -hmm. Um, so I know like if I can't show up as myself I'm not really showing up so I don't know if that answered the question. It does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, kind of in addition to that, part of the work that we do, because you guys know I do a little bit of influencer mm-hmm. work, too, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Zibbling and dabbling. Zibbling and dabbling. <laughs> but that requires us to really be on, like, all mm-hmm. of the time. And so we always have to smile. Yeah. or like. And then also on the weekends, I work in customer service. So I literally, yeah. I feel like I don't get a break from smiling at people and trying to be like really nice and upbeat. Mm-hmm. So do you ever experience social exhaustion? And if you do, like, yes. what do you do to kind of combat that? Um, like you really just have to listen to your body. I'm getting better at this, right? Mm-hmm. So like I've done a few panels that I've moderated these past few weeks and I've noticed that some of them, um, like if I had to set up the event, I wasn't fully present with my person, with my personality, like having to um, talk to panelists and talk to guests. So I stop, like I literally will stop what I'm doing, cancel. As you know, mm-hmm. I canceled an event, a really yeah. big event that I've been planning for a long time because I just felt like I wouldn't be able to show up as myself the way I needed to. So when I experience social exhaustion, I just, I stop and I reassess because again, like everything that we do, we have to fully show up as ourselves and we're doing ourselves a disservice and the people that we need to show up for a disservice if we do not listen to ourselves and take the rest that we need. Um, so my wellness mentor, Tony Jones, just dropped her affirmations project and she has a song on there called Noah's Bay. So mm-hmm. like being able to say no to opportunities, even if they seem good, like on Sunday, I'm hosting a brunch and another organization reached out to me to host a fashion show that same night. I was like, oh, that could be cool. Like, you know, I'm getting some work coins. And I was like, wait, because I have Hold to work on. on Monday. Right. So like, <laughs> let's just pass on this one and, mm-hmm. you know, do this piece. So just knowing when to say no. Um, is a good tool in not being exhausted socially. And just sitting down. Like, we were going to go out last night. Yeah. We fell asleep on the couch. Okay. okay? And my just, body is grateful. <laughs> yeah. Like, you really do just need that rest. And I know you like to be on the go all the time. And I just be looking at you like, girl. <laughs> Have a seat. Have, Have a several. seat, please. Like, it's okay to take a nap. It's okay to sit down. You know, I... Nuts? I think that I'm good at that yes (laughs) but I don't want my friends you know like I don't want my friends to be like thinking that I don't ever want to hang out it's just like after you go to work 
then after you work two jobs, sometimes you're just like, I don't want to look at another person mm-hmm. right now. Like, yep. I just can't handle it. So just realizing that balance kind of, you know, it's okay to say yes yeah. and have fun. And you don't want to just be a hermit crab. But mm-hmm. you also, like Amber said, need to listen to your body and realize when you need to sit down. And when Jesus say yes, okay. nobody can say no. But when he don't, okay, you can say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Where does your confidence come from? Oh, that's a great question. So my dad, like as a young girl, he will always tell me like, you Amber Lewis, you the Amber Lewis, like nobody can be Amber Lewis. So he like instilled a lot of confidence in me. And he talked to me about um, different microaggressions that I may face, just being a dark skinned girl and like being a super smart black girl who's from Seven Mile, but who goes to private mm-hmm. school, like things that I would face. So not only did he just build up like who I was as a person, but he, you know, prepared me for things that I would that I would um, face. And like because of that foundation and that principle, like nobody can really tell me too much about myself. because yeah. I'm, I'm firm in that and I've been built firm in that by my dad and mm-hmm. my parents and all those people who have always just been rooting for me and like affirming my identity as what it is, whether I want it to be a super smart, too um, goody. What is it? Goody, goody two shoes. <laughs> yeah, if I want to be that, or if I wanted to be hip rolling at the wreck, like <laughs> supporting whoever I wanted to be mm-hmm. in whatever moment that was. Um, and my dad was like a really big tool in my confidence. Shout out to the dads Shout out, out there because dad. I feel like my dad did the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like just really making sure that you were sure of yourself. You know, mm-hmm. that you never questioned your character. If somebody off the street was to be like, Evan is a bad person. It's like, no, no. I'm not. Like, <laughs> and no. I know that's not true. Not my Because my daddy says so. Right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I just really appreciate that you said that because shout out to the black dads. Yes. We love you all. Black dads matter. Well, how would you encourage other people to be more confident? I think... So for me, um, I believed what my dad said, right? Mm-hmm. So he didn't just tell me those things and it went over my head. I believed it and I internalized it and then I affirmed it. So that is what builds that confidence. Like you really believing what you know about yourself, what you think about yourself and what you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm big on manifestation and affirmations, but it all is rooted in me. And then right. like even further back, it's like, who are you rooted in? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's God who is my source. So like that confidence just comes from. From faith and believing and being um, who you are. So and then like that self-esteem piece is yeah. is a big one because people will come for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are really, truly rooted and believing in who you are, like that won't even matter. You won't even be phased by it. Like you'll hear things and you're like, OK, yeah, because you, you're doing what you say you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're being who you know you are. So yep. it's it's really just having that strong root in your identity. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad at how other people feel about you. Mm. I, my favorite thing to say is that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> unfortunate. Okay. But it's ultimately like a reflection of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I've uh, read that principle, like not to take things personal mm-hmm. is never about you. And I've really been trying to apply that to a lot of things because we can take things personal. Yeah, we can create narratives and stories and assumptions of why they said this and why mm-hmm. they did that. And it's just like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter nope. because it has very little to do with you and even if it's like a direct shot it's just like but that's still a reflection of that person right you know that's their experience how they perceive it Mm -hmm. and that's not to negate or devalue somebody else's experience because absolutely but not to a point where it has you in a shell or it knocks you off your block yep yep (laughs) no hateration in the dancery at all shout out to mary j okay Okay. because she told us well how old is that song now like (laughs) 
Well, I don't know. As old as me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said earlier, you do a lot of brand ambassador, influencer, digital media work. Mm-hmm. You like to sing. You like to dance. Yes. You like to act. And one, two, three, four. <laughs> um, so Dramatic. Okay. <laughs> this is how we are at work. People in the office are always sick yes. of us. <laughs> yes. But your most recent venture has been that of the Playlist Princess. Yes, so the Playlist Princess. I've been a witness, a mm. witness, okay, Ooh, to, how, <laughs> to how that has grown, and you've been getting a lot of opportunities, doing a lot of things. You just did something Friday, right? Yeah. Okay, so just talk about how the Playlist playlist Princess came to life. Okay. Um, what you've done so far and what's to come next. All right. So the playlist princess, wow. So I've always loved music. You know, we're from Motown. Um, my great uncle, who I didn't know very well, but he was uh, in the Four Tops, the lead mm-hmm. singer. So music has always like been intertwined into my family and our identity and just how we communicate. My dad, once again, has always put me up on different styles of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to sing a lot when I was young. I went to a DSA for vocal music. I performed at a lot of places. So like he will always make sure I was in a room to perform um, mm-hmm. and put me in different master classes with different artists. So music has always been like essentially my life. Mm-hmm. Um, the Playlist Princess came about because Drake Pfeiffer, who is um, a local creative and DJ, he did a series at Bricks Wine Bar called uh, the DJ Selector Series, where every week he would have a person who's not a DJ, but, you know, who's kind of known in the city come in and do a four hour set mm-hmm. so people can get to know them through the style of music that they like. Because you learn a lot about a person when you know what kind of yep. music they listen to. Okay. <laughs> it's you know, true. you know. And um, so I did that. And a lot of people came out from a lot of different places. It was a good ghetto time. OK, mm-hmm. <laughs> we had something from and I did every hour was a different theme. So I did like the auntie and uncle throwback jams. Mm-hmm. I did like the early 2000s vibes. We, then we got real ghetto and crunk and was listening to, you know, back up off me. People was energetic. <laughs> Classic. Um, and then we, you know, we just had a good time and there mm-hmm. were different vibes throughout the event. And from there, people got to experience like me in a music setting um, in a way that I had never even shown up before. So right. it was a good time. And Kwaku from Black Metro Eats was mm-hmm. doing a weekly at the block. And he had like actual DJs that he booked for that. And then one day we were hanging out and he was like, you should DJ an iBuy. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know how to DJ. Like <laughs> I'm making playlists and playing them live. And for the DJ Selector series, I intended to DJ, mm-hmm. but the software didn't work out. So I ended right. up just having to play playlists that I had made. So that's how that worked. So he's like, that's cool. Like, you still going to show up. You know, I'm still going to treat you as, as you're a regular DJ. Pay right. the same rate that I would pay them because you're still curating that vibe. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. See, he's telling you something and you believed it. I believed the it. The confidence. Yes. I was like, well, he shoot. He saw things he imagined. Saw things. But I'm like, if you don't <laughs> ask me to do this, I'm I'm capable of doing it. Right. So, we um we posted it like two days before it went live, right? Mm-hmm. And I have been to a few of the night bites. They had a good time. Yeah. When I say people from everywhere yeah. came out, like it was that winter break time. So mm-hmm. it was people from coast to coast. Literally, there were people that were there from Cali, from New York, from um, Texas. A mm-hmm. lot of my friends were in town and the block was hot. Okay, okay honey? Literally. And we just had, <laughs> and my set was an hour. Mm-hmm. So for that hour, like I came in strong. You know what I'm saying? We playing a good ghetto tech bops everyone's dancing and then we got into some jammy jam like it was just a good time so a lot of people came a lot of people posted about it right um a lot of people saw it and then that next morning like l club reached out to me drew from the l club and he was just like hey like we're doing a drake night party tomorrow uh would you be interested in like 
DJing. And I'm looking at this DM like, I am not a DJ. I'm like, Ooh, where is this coming from? Lord. I was like, let's just get on a call. So we got on a call and I told Drew, like, um, you know, I don't DJ. I don't mix music. I don't know how. Like, I've right. done it a few times with DJ Bleak before, but mm-hmm. not enough to to call myself that, you right. know, or to to try to fraud off the craft. Like, yeah. I'm like, people pay me to make playlists and play them live. And he was like, that ain't no problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, no you going to be there, right? right? I was like, yeah. He like, you going to be standing behind the table? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, so do you want to do it? And I'm like, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so I did Drake Night, and it was a good time, okay? Um it was really just a good time. And people came to hear Drake Bob. So I took it back to So Far Gone. This was before he re-released mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just went through and did some different features. It was a good time. So actually, while I was still at that set, he texted me like, you want to do this New Year's Eve party we got in a few days? So like I just got booked back to back that way. Um, and then people have been attending and they've been seeing it and they've been yeah. hearing word of mouth. So I've done L Club a few times. Um, I've done Rincon Tropical in Southwest <laughs> Detroit, which is the Afro-Caribbean vibe. It's a monthly by uh, We Are Culture Creators and Black Metro Eats. That's what I did on Friday. Mm-hmm. And this week, I'm having my first corporate gig Ooh. with American Express. My girl. Um, yeah. So, like, this literally really picked up this, the last week of December. Um, I've had about seven gigs since then. And then I'm getting my first corporate one now. So, and I've been talking to different people, like different DJs about it because, um, you know, it's like one of those topics when people love their craft, you know, right. but they're like, they're, you know, be the playlist princess. Like you don't have to learn how to mix. You don't have to, you know, do that full setup because that's not what people are booking you for. Right. They're booking you for your music taste. They're booking you for your energy. They're booking you because you bring people out. Mm-hmm. And I've just been having fun with it. And, I, and I've and i noticed that I do prefer when there's a theme. Yeah. Um, because that makes it a lot more fun for me to curate, but also a lot easier. So I'll be doing my first residency as well. I actually have a meeting about that when I leave here. And it's at one of my favorite restaurants in the city with my favorite chef. So follow me on Instagram to see that drop. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, can anybody come to this corporate Amex gig? Um, No. Unfortunately. I'm sorry, y'all. I tried. (laughs) I would love for y'all to show up and show out. But it is a part of the Nesby Conference. So it's for the National Society of Black Engineers. They have their annual conference that they host in different states. um, And Detroit is the city that they chose for this year. Mm-hmm. So Amex is doing a hospitality suite, um, and I'm doing the sounds for that. So just look on Instagram if live. you are already an engineer conference, <laughs> but if not, you know you everybody just, just put a live. suit on. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to tell y'all how to Listen. put a suit on. Um, get a badge. Just make one on on like Photoshop or. Canva, whatever you use, and but, print it out. <laughs> laminate it. <laughs> It'll be good though. Like a lot of the songs that they sent me that they're interested in are Afro beats. Okay. You know, I'm a Jalof queen. Okay. Yes, honorary. <laughs> I was about um, to say honorary. <laughs> <laughs> but I've done a few, you know, Afro beat sets uh, with Rincon Tropical and Sosa Soleil. And I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. So um, I wish I more corporate go. bags. More corporate bags. I'm a I don't look like that. an engineer. No. You know? Your glasses. It's the you glasses. Look smart. You Thank look you. Smart. You know, I did what I could with what I had. You know, you you part of my team. You know. Oh, see, look, I'm doing her social. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. I have to be in here. Yes. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so you just changed your social media handles from Dare to Be Glam. Yes, Dare to Be. That's how we all knew you. Dare to Be. To social hmm. in the city. Woo, child. A so, change. A transformation. Is you know there? 
growth. <laughs> so is there something that people need to know about? Um, well, let me just say Dare to be Glam, Dum. my baby. You know, <laughs> no, I loved Dare to be Glam. I absolutely, I've been that since probably the beginning since of college. Since you were born. Since the beginning of college, I used to be Amberlicious. Like, if you know me back then, I can't. you know. Oh, my gosh. We should. Amber what was your, what was your um, like, middle school email? Oh, child. Diva Chick 330. Mine was. <laughs> <laughs> mine was I'm fly dot the original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I was Diva Chick 330. So I've always just been, like, this extra girl. Like, Diva Chick. <laughs> okay um but i switched from dare to be glam which was like you be emotionally attached to your you names do. you know and especially in this era of social media where people mm-hmm. are like oh that's dare to be glam yeah. it's just like <laughs> yeet it's social in the city <laughs> not um but yeah so i'm just uh transforming my brand presence a little bit um and stepping into like formally branding a lot of my my assets and my mm-hmm. skills because like you mentioned before I do so many things yeah so I just created a wheelhouse that everything could live under because dare to be glam for me feels really fashion and beauty focused and while that is a piece of my brand identity mm-hmm. is not the entire thing like yeah wellness is a big piece of that because that's how I'm able to show up for so many things um all the stuff I do at home I just be at home doing stuff yeah, okay with people doing over it and doing it and, and doing, doing it well, well. Ew, ew. <laughs> hold on <laughs> Anyway, but, um, you know, just like creating an umbrella for all of the pieces of me to live under. So social in the city, um, being social, doing social, like in this city, in any city, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I pull up. Period. Social in any city. Period. But um, I think that just better encompasses like my my complete brand identity, my complete self. So Dare to be Glam is not dead. <laughs> not dead she's not dead she's just a piece of social in the city r.i.p yes. just kidding well this is getting some rest this right now rest. She's, just, she's just resting she's just resting so social in the city you know that has some things cooking up um so you just gotta stay tuned for the for that drop okay you know follow me on instagram mm-hmm. at social in the city and on twitter at social in the city and you'll see what being social in the city. I mean, is I really know. About, you know. I know. You, I'm talking to the listeners because they might not know. Okay, but when the drop drop, if okay. you don't know. You need to be on the block block. Listen. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so we have a few listener questions. Okay. So naturally, Brittany from Instagram wants to know, yeah. how do you manage your career, family, workouts, and constantly functioning? <laughs> um, I just do it, really. <laughs> I think managing it. Again, goes back to assessing what's important. And I use my phone calendar. Like, I live by it. So mm-hmm. at one point, my phone was broke. I didn't know where I was supposed to be. So <laughs> What day is it? Not completely true. Because <laughs> I have a calendar on my desk that I write on. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not at my desk and my phone is broke. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I use my, my phone calendar. I have a calendar um, on my refrigerator, a calendar on my desk. And then I have a whiteboard that my best friend Jen bought me for Christmas. Hey, Jen. That I just write down all the things that I need to do and map out. But I I try to make sure that everything I do is aligned with my brand identity right. and like my general interest. Because regardless of if you build your personal brand, you have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say brand identity, that's just me, you know. So right. making sure it's something I'm actually interested in, um, something that I actually would do or try. Mm-hmm. Um, and scheduling like that, like family is a really big 
piece of my life. Like I have three little sisters. Those girls are my heart. They drive me crazy. I'm a daddy's girl. My mom is crazy, amazing. <laughs> like I love my mom. I act just like her. If y'all ever met Stoneheart Kells, then you know. Um, so you also this, look just like her. And I also look just like her. Don't let me put a red wig on, child. She think, oh, that's real cute. That's her favorite. When I'm out here looking like her, looking, looking. Um, but making sure that I talk I talk to my parents every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to my sisters probably every other day because Zoe's in college. Yeah. Asia's just in high school. You know how that is. And Khalees yeah. is, she's five. So she has like, business. But she is to take busy. Care of. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I just make sure I talk to my family regularly. I see them regularly. And I feel like I could show up for them more. Okay. Um. So, but I still balance with like right. making sure I'm engaging with them and I'm showing my family love and quality time because that's my love language. The work stuff, like the gigs are getting gigged <laughs> and the bag is getting big. <laughs> so I do it. Like, um, it's just for me, like I don't like take too much time processing all of the things that I have to do because that takes away from the time that I can spend doing it. Mm-hmm. So I do it. Just do it. Just do it. So, J-Rod from Instagram. Hey, Jade. Hi. <laughs> she wants to know what inspired the collaboration that you did with uh, K. Shade Cosmetics. Yes. So, I love that partnership. It was my first, like, big beauty campaign. Um, and she really reached out to me on Instagram and DM'd me, like, hey, like, I have this makeup collection. I'm seeing if you... And we engaged online before. Right. So, it wasn't, like, the first time I... Had talked to her, mm-hmm. um, but she was like, you know, would you be interested in doing a lipstick and naming it, and then you know, like doing a partnership that way? And I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Like, let's meet about it. But y'all know I'm extra, <laughs> so instead of like when we met, I'm like, a lipstick is cool, but like I would like to do three. Right. I would like a box with my face on it. It was a great, great beautiful box, beautiful packaging. box. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I want to launch event. Like, I'm just so extra. And she was just like, okay. Yeah. So it turned out really well. Um, we did the launch event. It was packed at Bricks again. It was. Shout out to Bricks. I saw a good time. They really support the community. I can't wait to their new center location opens. Any place with charcuterie is a place for me. Okay. <laughs> um, but we did it at Bricks. It was a good time. Dej Loaf came out. We sold out of product. Um, and it was just like my first experience, like being this hands on with the right. partnership and having this much say so. So that came about just by me being active on Instagram and like people noticing, mm-hmm. um, like I said, being yourself in the spaces that you occupy. And we just figured it out. Like this was like this wasn't her first brand partnership because she did some lashes with Gloria Ann. Right. Shout out to Glow. Hey. Um, but I think of this scale, like this was a definitely a learning curve for the both of us. Right. So I've had other companies reach out to me and they want to do, you know, similar types of things where I pick product. Um, I name them and then we go from there. So I learned a lot in that experience and I'm hoping to be able to apply that in that one. So make sure y'all stay tuned for this next job. I'm really excited about it. Super excited. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, me either. Um, Mandy Ho from Instagram. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Amanda. She wants to know what has been your favorite age so far and why? Ooh, my favorite age. I don't know. That's a hard question for me because I don't even think about the things that happen in years, right? Okay. I don't think like when I was 25, I did this and this and this and I experienced this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say the age that I'm most looking forward to is 30. Okay. Um, three being my favorite number. You know, my birthday is March 30th. Like 
turning 30 on the 30th. That's my golden year. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is just going to be, and I've done like a lot of things that I enjoy and a lot of things that I like, but I think 30 is just going to be a really big and monumental year for me. I'm not putting any like expectations. You know how you were younger? You're like, by the time I'm oh, 21, I'm yes. going to be this. And when I'm 23, like <laughs> I don't have any of those types of expectations, but just looking at what I've done and like what I aspire to do and be, um, 30 is a big year. I've also, I already planned my 30th birthday party as <laughs> well course. as my content mm-hmm. um, for 30. So I'm just really looking forward to 30. But all the other years have been great. I don't think I've had a year where it was just like, like that was a rough year. I think the year that I graduated college was, was kind of rough. Yeah. Just because I switched my entire life plan yeah. and I didn't know, you know, and the pressures from your family and friends. And like I was a star student mm-hmm. <laughs> in undergrad. So like, you know, not having that job immediately. Right. And then getting hit up by all those people who are like, well, you used to be this, this, and that. You did this. Used to be. Right. Like, dang, girl, <laughs> it was two ain't months no ago. Wait, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> you know, but like that pressure of. Having to to continuously perform and like be black girl magic, yep. you know, when I was still trying to figure it out, and I'm still figuring out. Like I'm not, I've not arrived. Okay, you <laughs> have not met your peak, and I won't. You just because still I'm climbing just every mountain, like the sound of music. Listen, the- come on. <laughs> I don't know the rest. There you go, Julie Andrews. <laughs> Shout out to Julie Andrews. Yes, a woman. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I don't have a favorite age yet. But I anticipate 30 being an amazing year. And I'll be 27 uh, next week. Yay. So I have a little bit of time before 30. All the Twitter jokes are about you now. You know, those jokes aren't even relevant. <laughs> just like, you know, they just aren't. Because <laughs> you don't believe them. So no, it's not about you. No one is saying your WCW is 27 anymore because now that I'm 27, <laughs> that it doesn't matter. <laughs> So we talk so much about duality mm-hmm. and the importance of it just in our everyday conversations yeah. because, like I said, we like to do a lot. We like to be around a lot mm-hmm. of people, but not wanting to lose who we are, but mm-hmm. also not wanting to like fall victim to a tremendous amount of code switching. Yeah. So how do you make sure that you are showcasing both of those things, like you're not compromising who you are yeah. in the moment, like changing the way you talk, mm-hmm. changing how you dress, changing how you show up in places. Like, what are, you, what are your tactics? I think, like, it goes back to kind of what I was saying about just doing it. And I, I don't even think too much about having to be a different way in a different mm-hmm. space. Like, we work for the city. We work for the mayor. But, like, the city of Detroit, right? Right. Like, a predominantly black city where being a black girl from Seven Mile in this position is important. So, for me, minimizing myself in those spaces just doesn't even make sense and knowing that being who I am is why people um, are attracted to me and why opportunities are attracted to me it would just be a disservice to be anything else so like for me duality is kind of just like being your honest self yeah in many spaces so you know when we in the office we're singing we're dancing percolating we bring in that black culture (laughs) piece to government um and that's that same way that we are if we're at an event or if we chill in at one of our houses Mm -hmm. so um just being and doing you is like it's like how we kind of combat that and Knowing that your identity is valuable and that you're you're an asset to the spaces that you occupy versus um, being a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and people ask that question a lot too. Like, you know, I see you here, here, and there, but you work here, here, and there, and you've worked with this brandy, and it's like, 
yeah, the reasons that I have and that I've been able to succeed in that is because I am always myself. Yeah. So just knowing that it's your strength and not a weakness. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm going to throw up seven mile regardless, (laughs) you know, and I think and that adds authenticity to who you are, especially as an influencer. I had somebody DM me recently, like, you know, you're one of my favorite people because you are always authentically yourself. Like, and I feel that um, when I see your post, because you go from doing this, you go from working and twerking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, literally, literally <laughs> with Alvin Ailey dancing. Yes. Oh, that was a moment. <laughs> I was so proud. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know I needed to twerk with Alvin Ailey dancers <laughs> until I did. And I was like, yes, liberation. You showed me that video and I was like, <sighs> shout I out just... to Alvin Ailey. You did that. For putting on for black I culture. I brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> and shout out to the Detroit Opera House. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. I am going to be working with them, co-chairing something big and more details to come. <laughs> All of these secrets. It's oh so, gosh. yeah. Like, you know, you can't drop the drop before a drop. <laughs> like, but yeah. The rollout is important. And and I think, like, bringing that, like, that black <clears throat> culture, that who you are to spaces, like, you know, the mayor's office and the Mm -hmm. Detroit Opera House um, and actually them reaching out to attain that talent um, is really important, especially in a city like Detroit in a time like it is now. um, Just brands that that reach out Mm -hmm. pretty much to to the culture and then people that put on for that culture. So what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? Who, child? Um, I think being a damsel um, is like, not being defeated mm-hmm. right because we do a lot we show up for a lot of people we show up for ourselves um but we don't let anything that we experience anything that we go through uh keep us down and that's that's really just like the spirit of detroit right is rising from the ashes um so like being a damsel in detroit, and then we look good okay. can we talk about that we can because <laughs> As damsels in Detroit, like we do all these things, you know, we get obstacles, but we overcome them. We don't spend too much time worrying about what is a perceived failure because mm-hmm. um, all of those things are subjective. But we keep pushing and we keep yeah. doing and we keep advocating for ourselves and for what we believe in. And we look good doing it. Always. So, you know, that's Always what it on means. Point, you know? And we surround ourselves with people who are like that. Absolutely. You know, like even sitting at this table. Come on, sit at the table. Ooh. Come on. All the salon references today. <laughs> feeling emotional yes but like <laughs> sitting at the table with people who are doing the same things and then reaching out to people who should be at the table right like making sure we're pulling out chairs for them but also making sure that when we come to the table we're bringing something exactly and we're not just here to eat and take away so that is also a big piece of being a damsel because honestly nobody supports like detroit women yeah like and that's just that on that like the amount of support you get from women in detroit like, literally, it could be something as simple as a like, as a message, mm-hmm. as a retweet, or it can be, like, big, showing up for your event, um, helping you to put that event on, giving mm-hmm. you their skill set, you know, just so you can succeed. Because yeah. once one of us succeeds, we all succeed. And I yeah. think that's really valuable about, valuable about having this podcast is just, like, putting women on a platform so they can talk about their stories and their experiences, but also connect with people who mm-hmm. might need that or Connect with something that they might need. So thank you, Evan, oh, stop. for yeah, being the damsel in Detroit <laughs> for us. Wow, the OG. The, yes. Wow, thank you. Come on, email. Oh, my, okay, contact <laughs> at damselindetroit.com. Hello. Um, <laughs> no, but that's pretty much why I started the podcast. And I do want to talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. one day I'll do a show and I'll, I'll just be talking or, like, answer 21 questions or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But I just love the women in this city. Mm-hmm. Like, we are just... 
amazing and I know so many people and I know y'all are probably thinking like she just bring her friends on here every week and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, like, because my friends are mom. mom and they're doing it and I feel like these are women that you all need to know or get familiar with or follow on social because you never know when you're gonna need yeah. somebody for something or when somebody's gonna need you for something like you might be able to offer me some help or a resource or a service and I don't really know you but if you yeah. like slide into my DMs and be like hey the DMs. you know it goes down Instagram is such a powerful tool social media I yes we'll have to we'll have to do a part listen two. okay it goes <laughs> down in the DMs. um but yeah so I'm just <laughs> thankful for you being here we're thankful for but, you having this platform oh, thank and thankful to podcast Detroit of course, yes, because <laughs> I wouldn't be in here if it wasn't for them. <laughs> but um, how can people connect with you online? Well, in the spirit of it going down in the DMs, <laughs> um, people can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at social, the letter in the city. So that's like literally <clears throat> the best way to contact me. I'm always on my phone. I'm always on social media, not just because I like it, but because it's my career. Right. So I'm always attached to those platforms. So connect with me online there. Um, my email is also in my bio on Instagram. So if it's a business inquiry, that's the best way to reach out. Um, but yeah, follow me. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for being here. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And always, always remember, Detroit girls do it better. Period. 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 <laughs> thank you and we'll see you guys me. next week.